Bob. Hey, Bob, it's Eric. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> I'm glad this time worked out. I wanted to talk to you about one of those topics that you shared with me the other day, and that's why colleges have difficulty making change stick. I'm working with a couple of clients right now who are really at critical stages of you know launching projects, and I know those projects are going to deliver results and recommendations and and they'll probably grab hold of some of them, if not most of them, and, and try to kick them into action. But I just worry that they're not going to follow through. It's not going to stick. And it was interesting you brought that up as well. So why, what, in your experience, why do changes just not stick on a college campus, particularly in, in marketing and recruitment and advancement areas? Well, I think there's probably a lot of reasons. One is that the, the vision of what the alternative to current day is is, not presented clearly in a in a compelling way. In other words, the alternative isn't exciting enough to cause people to let go of what they're currently doing. Mm. I think that a lot of times we suffer from change fatigue where it seems like so many things are being changed, it's hard to, to find the constant in there, and we do always need some constants. Um, I think also people, because there's been so much change over the past number of years, they kind of look to the middle managers and senior leadership to see if this is really big change or just more talking about change. In other words, they, they look to see how the leadership sort of telegraphs the importance of this particular change initiative. Mm. And I think, too, that maybe thirdly or fourthly, uh, we don't do a particularly good job showing the consequences of not changing. No. You know, higher ed has been so protected for so long from uh, the marketplace, the realities of the marketplace that, you know, it, it just doesn't really understand why it should change. And I think the data is starting to circle. I was reading the Moody report today that, you know, seven, three or four times more private colleges are likely going to close, you know, next year than last year. And that number is going to increase. And 70-something percent of privates didn't meet their net tuition revenue goal this fall, even though they may have gotten record enrollments, they didn't get record tuition revenue. So those kinds of data sets are starting to create a sense that, you know, maybe we need to look at change. Um, but until now, you know, a lot of colleges have been at least one level or another able to kind of just keep pushing it off, you know, kicking it down the road, so to speak. Well, I, you know, my experience has been those who are not really tasked with dealing with sort of frontline revenue challenges, recruiting students or raising money or writing grants for foundation support or, or what have you, if they're not in the trenches, it's awfully easy for someone to, as you suggest, kind of push off changes. Oh, here it comes again, and we're not going to take it seriously this time. But I, I, it's just, I, how should an administrator on a college or university campus sort of change the, the tone of the conversation? And in, you know, infuse it with data, but create some sense of urgency that uh, just hasn't yeah, existed just, in the past. I mean, how's that happen? Yeah, you just nailed it. There's almost no sense of urgency in higher ed. I mean, we've both been to campuses almost weekly where somebody says, you know, we've been talking about this particular initiative for a year or two or longer, and it, I don't know why. I don't. I don't understand that concept of just. Thinking, talking about the decision is the same as making the decision. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, between data that says, look, we need to change, creating opportunities for change, uh, you know, helping people understand that everybody in, in higher ed has a role in an institution's success. Mm -hmm. And we haven't done a, always a good job at that, but everybody does have a role. 
and they may need to modify a future behavior. Um, and, and sometimes they just don't want to. There's a, a saying we use a lot that what got you there won't get you there. In other words, the decisions about college, the decisions that college has made that, you know, got them to, you know, December 2015 aren't necessarily the decisions that will get them to December 2017. Yeah, yeah. So change is afoot. Change is afoot. It's undeniable. Um, you know, the, the, the first thing you said, if I'm remembering correctly, was something like the people who are asked to make the change can't really envision what the change is going to look like or feel like once it's implemented. Did I hear that correctly? Yep, absolutely. So, so if if you're um, if you're providing counsel to a senior leadership team on a campus, and they know they need to make some pretty drastic change to keep the business of the the university afloat, what what do you tell them to do in terms of helping their audiences on that campus envision what that change is going to look and feel and taste and smell like once it's done? Well, of course, it's going to depend by by the person. You know, some people change is presented to them as huge opportunities to do things differently. Others people may look at change as huge threats to their status quo. So you have to attend to the fact that different people will interpret this differently. The overarching remedy, I think, is having a, a vision that's interesting enough, galvanizing enough, captivating enough that people, regardless of their fear of change or whatever, will say, you know what, the future they're presenting looks a lot more interesting than, than the, the present I'm in. I yeah. think that's that's really that's incumbent upon the senior leadership team. To it's not visions these days that matter; it's compelling visions these yeah. days that matter. Yeah, and it becomes the responsibility of that leadership team to articulate that compelling vision in a way that that people can't help but get excited about and rally yeah. around. Absolutely, and you know, a, a big challenge with visioning these days is how do you create an, a vision that's exciting with a resource base that's somewhat either stagnant or even declining. You know, how can you be more excited about doing, in a sense, fewer things, but the things you decide to do, doing with great verve and enthusiasm and, and interest? Yeah. Do you remember a time in higher education when presidents and chancellors and leadership teams perhaps were able to articulate vision, compelling visions that folks would rally around, uh, more easily, and was it happening more effectively back in the day? Um, because I, you know, the, the the early the presidents I met early in my career on these campuses, a lot of them were sixty, seventy, eighty years old. <laughs> They've been in place for yeah. a long time, and you know, they they'd created campus cultures where they were almost deities, and people yeah. just well, followed yeah. them to the ends of the earth. And then then the transition was bringing folks into the CEO spots on campus to clean up the business operation and to shore up, the, yeah. shape up the ship. Did you have that same experience? Yeah, I think that, the, you know, a lot of the issues that, that uh, you know, when a president retires, he or she retires, a lot of the issues for the new president are non-survivable for the new president. Yeah. They should have been attended to by the person that's leaving, but they chose not to. Yeah. And so we're seeing more interim presidents uh, brought into play for a year or a year and a half to kind of, as you said, kind of right the ship of state. But, you know, in the in the golden age of higher education, you know, post-World War II up through probably mid-'80s, th that was a season of plenty. Yeah, right. So visions were all about doing more and doing bigger and doing better. Yeah. And that's a different mentality than doing fewer and doing better. Yeah. 
Yeah, and interestingly, sometimes it's faculty who are still stuck in that golden age of thinking. Oh yeah, um, they they all want to go back. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a country time lemonade commercial. That <laughs> a lot of faculty and administrators are looking through their rearview mirror, kind of remembering a time when. Yeah. Um, and you know, others on campus are looking through the windshield, saying, "Hey, where in the world are we going?" Yeah, that's tough. It's tough balance. This is helpful. All right, my friend. Hey, have a great weekend and uh, happy hey. holidays. Happy holidays, Eric. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.